My name is Matt Tanner. At eight years old, I rolled pretzels for my dad's pretzel stores. Fast forward to today, I do multi-unit franchise deals and help entrepreneurs build their businesses. This is Franchisees United. What's going on, guys? Matt Tanner here with the Franchisees United podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of bringing on a good friend of mine, Josh Miller, who's in the credit card processing industry. What's going on, Josh? What's up, Matt? Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. How's the the new dad life going? Oh, it's amazing. I love it, man. I come home and I just spend, you know, time just falls off the clock. It's the, it's the funnest thing ever. A boy or girl? It's a girl. Girl? A little girl. Yeah, she's about... Uh, first one? Yeah, first one, about a month old. So it's exciting, man. It's fun. Congratulations. Thank you. So I guess, you know, having you on and launching this podcast, you know, our goal as Franchisees United is we want to talk about clear-cut stuff and bringing value to franchise owners all over the world. Absolutely. I know the credit card processing business is your industry. Mm -hmm. You know it like the back of your hand, right? Yes. So I kind (laughs) of want to talk about, you know, first of all, let's get the audience a little familiar with you, how you got started in the industry, your expertise and knowledge, and what you do, I guess, day to day. Yeah, so my background, um, I I went to UCF for finance, got out of school, and was kind of like, all right, well, what's next? Um, I ran into an old family friend. He was in the lead generation business, and he's like, "Come, come sell leads with me." I said, "Okay." Well, what, is it, what does that mean? I have no idea what that is. So uh, immediately, I started with him, and you know, the lead business really gave me an idea of learning a lot of different industry types and understanding a little bit about a lot. If that makes sense. So um, I got you know familiar with working with different business owners that were selling different types of products, and then over time, that kind of got me into interested in selling my own products. So I became an advertiser online. I also own call centers where I sold different products. And, you know, in that world, you kind of have to, you know, merchant processing is such a huge component of that, you know, uh, campaign or, or, or business. So I had to really learn by, you know, the hard way, kind of being a merchant first. So I think that helps me a lot applying my knowledge in the past to, to current merchants because I'm not just a merchant processing guy. I, I was a merchant in the past, so I know what to look for. I know what type of... Um, you know, different programs and different things. In order it's it's so. interesting you say that because the best franchisors were franchisees. Right. So when they know what it's like to be in the franchisee shoes, that's how they really build great companies and great franchisor brands because it's just empathy. They know what, what they know what it's like to be a franchise owner. So I think it speaks a lot about your guys' services as you mm-hmm. know what it's like to be on the other end. Right. And I think, you know, me in particular, that's why – I love working with you guys is I've had credit card processing partners in the past and it has been such a headache. I mean, communication to me is the biggest thing, you know, credit cards hitting the bank account on time right? and then being able to reach out and understand what's going on in the process and then empty promises all the time. I mean, I can't tell you Mm -hmm. you're getting this fee and I know it varies based on the card they're using. Is it a debit card? What type of credit card? What brand is it? And I want to dive into all of that stuff a little bit today. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I just can't tell you how many times I've dealt with bad experiences in this industry. And although it might be a quote unquote born topic to some business owners, it's something that this is money directly out of their bottom line and out of their pocket. Absolutely. So I kind of want to dive right into it here. How do What do you feel about the industry? Like what's going on right now and what, what kind of differentiates what you guys do versus a lot of other 
credit card processors. Absolutely. So there's a lot of different, you know, programs and, and pricing structures out there. And unfortunately, a lot of merchants are kind of stuck on old, outdated pricing. Um, so a lot of them don't have representation. So a lot of times you ask a merchant, hey, who's your current credit card person? Oh, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have first data. I'm on thesis. They really don't understand. You know, they don't have a go-to person. So mm-hmm. for us, the key is to obviously be transparent, be educational, but also be there for them at any time. So not only do we have a 24-7 support line, but most of my clients have my direct cell phone number. So if something happens, you know, they call me. Because at the end of the day, if you can't accept payments, your business is not running. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, you know, I, I feel as if it's my business when it's their business. So I really care a lot. Um, you know, right now, the industry is kind of going towards... Um, a cash discount model, what we're seeing a lot now, um, based on the Dodd-Frank Act, there was an amendment by uh, Dick Durbin, the senator of Illinois, mm-hmm. and it basically allowed surcharging. So merchants allowed to p- pass the fee, the credit card processing fee to the customer yep. for using a card. Um, so we're seeing a huge increase in merchants that are willing to order uh, offer a cash discount, essentially. So it would be a 4% surcharge. Um, is that when you said cash discount? Mm-hmm. How, what do you mean exactly by that? Yeah, so you know, it, it was surcharging where there's a four percent fee to use a credit card, but they kind of flipped it and call it like a cash discount where there's uh, an incentive to use cash. So it's a non-cash adjustment. So not debit cards, just strictly cash. Right. So you can anytime you use a non-cash um, payment method, there's yeah. going to be a four percent charge. So if you want to avoid that 4%, there's a, there's a cash discount the, by using that's cash. That's the pass-the-fee model? Yeah, so that's our pass-the-fee.com model. Um, that's getting very popular in the country. It's it's taking over, especially for a lot of the smaller mom-and-pop businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Obviously, we think that there's going to be more of adoption rate over the next couple of years, seeing bigger franchises get on it. Um, mainly the reason why is because the, the cost of accepting credit cards c- continues to go up mm-hmm. and uh, these merchants are, are really you know not making a lot of money once it eats into their bottom line. Like right. you were saying, it's a huge portion of their business, of their profit margin is going to credit cards. All these people, the consumers have their cash back, their reward, you know, their miles for their, for their airline. So all the benefits are really coming out of the merchant's pocket. So um, this program is kind of shifting towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me, let me tell you, I, I actually got approached when I was in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, mm-hmm. about a year or two ago, and I actually got approached to do the pass the fee model. They didn't call it that, but, you know, right. I don't know what their, you know, their saying was or their business, but um, I have a buddy of mine that had a business in the mall near my pretzel store, my NEN store, and he was like, Matt, why are you not doing that? And, you know... To me, you know, I'm obviously in the food industry. Mm-hmm. You know, Annie Ann's Pretzels was my origin story. I do Tropical Smoothie Cafe now. Um, I always, as a as a business owner, I'm like concerned: is the customer? Am I going to lose customers over exactly. a small charge? So, tell what do you think about that? Yeah, so that's always the biggest thing. You know, how are my customers going to react? You know, what are my customers going to say? Mm-hmm. You know, in most cases, um, you know. A lot of frequent customers, they go back to the same place because you have a good restaurant, you have a, you have a good, uh, you know, good service or a good product that you're giving them. So they're going to be loyal customers. They're right. going to come back. They always do have the option to use cash. But I think you know, explaining to them and educating them that hey, we're a small business. We're trying to um, you know prevent. But that's our- tough, right? To yeah. Do that to every customer. It is. Yeah. It's it's tough to do that. But at the same time, it's like listen, you know, instead of raising our prices, what we're doing is we're actually giving a cash discount. So right. really, instead of penalizing them to use a credit card, you're really incentivizing them to use cash. So my my thing is, let's say, you know, being in the food industry, let's say the average ticket's ten dollars. Mm-hmm. What is that? They're paying with a credit card. What does that physically cost the customer? 
So, wait, repeat the, what do you mean? So, like, they're using a credit card. Oh, okay. The, the, the grand total of the transaction is $10. They're, they're paying the business. Right. So, there's a 4% surcharge. So, it'd be $10.40. Okay. Yep. And you just have to have, what, like a disclaimer at your register? Or how right. Does that so, work? there's a couple rules in order to be compliant. Before cash discount, they need to have signage um, in, in front of their door, at the front of their door, mm-hmm. or their store, rather, or near the register. Um, and then we register them with the card brands to make sure that they're compliant. So if there's ever a situation with a secret shopper or something like that on Visa and MasterCard's end, um, they're registered, they're completely compliant in order to be allowed to, to surcharge or cash discount. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So let's take a step back because, you know, the pass the fee model is a great option, mm-hmm. it, it sounds like, for depending on the business. And I think a lot of consumers wouldn't honestly even realize they're paying a credit card fee based on, the, you know, it just depends on the transaction, obviously. Uh, but like, let's take a step back and like break down what credit card processing truly is. Okay. You know, from the merchant's point of view to you to the credit card companies, because I don't think I would willing to bet eight or nine out of ten business owners don't truly understand it. Especially franchisees, they have all these other things to worry about. Of course, they're not even looking at their credit card statements nine out of ten times. I right. would say. So break that down for me. Like, what exactly is it? Yeah, so the credit card industry, I mean, you know, not being familiar with it, looking at a statement, it's a very confusing breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why for us, you know, we do statement analysis all day. So we'll look at a statement, we'll break it down, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, take every junk fee out of there. We'll literally show you exactly what you need to pay and what you don't need to pay mm-hmm. and where those little hidden, you know, little things are where the processor or the bank's making a lot of money where, you know, you shouldn't be paying. Right. So um, the main thing to understand in credit card processing is understanding interchange. Interchange is basically the cost per card, so the cost to the merchant to accept that credit card, and that's based on the bank, the bank issuing bank issuing the credit card and the deal that they have set up with Visa, or Mastercard, or American Express. So, for example, you know, depending on what type of awards they're going to give, depending if the card is key, card is keyed or swiped physically there at the location, mm-hmm. there's going to be a specific predetermined cost of interchange to accept that card to the merchant. So most credit card companies, what they're going to do is they're going to put you on either an interchange plus pricing where the plus is pretty much their profit that's split between the processor and the bank. Is that more common than not? Yeah. So these days, interchange plus is the most common pricing structure we're seeing. Okay. Um, it's obviously, it, it, it got introduced a couple of years back. Because mm-hmm. um, it seems like it's about the transparency with that. Correct. Yeah. So a lot of guy, people were on bundled rates and tiered rates. Uh, the tiered is very confusing for a lot of merchants because there's a qualified and non-qualified. And, and what happens is, is they don't really know what type of card falls into what type of bucket. So when they yeah. look at their, you know, their merchant statement, I mean, even their application, they're like, okay, well, what does this mean? Um, then there was the bundled rate where, you know, they would look at a statement. They say, all right, well, you're taking this card type. So your average cost is this. We're going to bundle your rate at this. So there's a lot of different ways they did things. Mm-hmm. Interchange Plus is really the best main reason, in my opinion, is because you're taking advantage of the discount for accepting debit. So like I said, different gotcha. interchange, different costs per cards. Yeah. Like taking a debit card has a flat rate um, on interchange, which is $0.22 cents per transaction plus five basis points. Okay. So and explain to me what a basis point is. So a basis point, like, so 50 basis points is half a percent. So it's just fractions of a percent, basically. Gotcha. So, um, you know, five basis points is very inexpensive. So a lot of people that are on Square, for example, they say, all right, well, I'm paying a flat rate of 2.75 if it's, you know, swiped or 3.25 if it's keyed in. Mm-hmm. You know, I like my, my pricing because it's very transparent. It's very clear. Yes, it is. But depending on what type of cards you're accepting, what type of average ticket you have, you're vastly overpaying because you're paying way higher than that flat rate for the uh, the, de- the debit, which is called the Durban rate. 
So um, it's important to really, you know, understand that like most consumers, they use debit cards. You know, the average for I, I know, you know, online, it's about 50 to 60 percent in an average, you know, middle America, Auntie Anne's pretzel place. They're probably taking about 50 percent debit um, of the car transactions of all the tra- of all the car types they're accepting. You know, okay. it's typically, you know, consumer debit is very big. So, and so all, there's a lot of business owners that they're not getting the benefit of the debit card users. Correct. Yeah, they're not. So they're not on Interchange Plus. So they're not saving the money on debit. Now, because of that 22 cent per transaction flat rate, depending mm-hmm. on the business type, like an Auntie Anne's pretzel, for example, with their average ticket is very low, that might kind of hurt them. So there's different bundled rates that can help them with flat rates. So what we do is we really take a look at, you know, the amount of transactions, the average ticket size. We'll take a look at um, you know, all these different pieces, you know, all these different components to see what is the best pricing structure they should be on. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, so you guys do those audits for people for free? Absolutely. So yep. if, if someone listening right now wanted to get an audit, you know, maybe they're a multi-unit franchise owner, or maybe they just have one location, um, how could they get in touch with you? What's the best way to yeah, so the best thing to do is to get a merchant statement from your current provider and then either, you know, call us direct or email us. What's your email for that? If, if you know, let me let me just put this out there. So if you're listening today mm-hmm. and you want to get a free audit from Josh's company to see how he can save you guys money, um, I want you guys to send an email to Josh and in the subject put audit franchisees united. And what is that email address they could send yep. it to you? Josh at elevatedpayments.io. Okay, and also we'll put that up on the video. Um, but jo- one more time for us, what is it? Josh at elevatedpayments.io. Josh at elevatedpayments.io. Okay, yeah, because look, I've learned from the food industry specifically, and then obviously the franchise world, if you're not counting your pennies, y- y- it just adds up so much. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and obviously, look, I'm a very, from a franchisee perspective, I don't. it's not something you enjoy doing. You know, I'm very offensive and aggressive. It's how much revenue can I bring into my franchise? And that's why it's important to surround yourself with a partner or an employee or an accountant or whomever that is actually looking at the expenses going out. And credit card processing fees is something that's not even talked about Mm -hmm. in the industry. You know, if you're in the food business, it's like, okay, what's your food cost? What's your labor? What are, you know, what are all my controllable and uncontrollable costs? And it's like not even brought up. It's just... A fee in your bank It's account. an afterthought. It's like a mystery to most people. Yeah. And yeah. Like, let's say, let's say I have 10 franchise locations and let's say each location's doing half a million a year in credit card sales, right? How much is that? That's 5 million a year mm-hmm. in credit card sales, right? What is the difference? Like, for example, if I was on the interchange plus, I'm paying, what is the fee? It's cost plus, right? Yeah, it's cost plus. So interchange, whatever your interchange rate ends up being. So it's important to, you know, depending on where you're located or what type of card types, card mix you're taking, yeah. um, the interchange cost is going to vary. So even if you have the same business in two locations, the more affluent area is going to have a higher interchange cost because so it's, it's likely, vary. yeah, you're likely getting more Amexes, rewards cards, corporate cards, elite cards. So you'll see a, you know, an increase on interchange. So I think it throws a lot of merchants off because they're saying to us, okay, what's my rate? What's my rate? What's my rate? And I explained to them, well, listen, it's important to understand interchange and the fact that we're giving you true cost. Yep. So that true cost is going to vary. Because they don't get that that's going – so the inter, that cost is going to the credit card companies. To right? the card brands, yeah. So Visa, MasterCard, Discover. and so then that's the bank, what the yeah. interchange is going directly to Visa, MasterCard. That's, that's how they make their money. That's how they get paid. Yes. And then the credit card processing company – would get the margin or if they just 
charge to cost plus, right? Yeah. So what we'll do, so the plus is basically the, the amount that the processor gets and they split that with the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Is that a 50-50 split? It depends. Okay. Um, in most cases, it, it's typically favored to the processor because the banks make it make it up in uh, volume. Right. Uh, so yeah, typically it's it's more favored towards the uh, the processor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, you know, I like I said, you know, I had some when I when I had franchises in Tuscaloosa, I was approached by someone who pretty much pitched the pass the fee concept to me, mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure whether that was the right decision for me. And I think each franchisee has to you know, run the numbers and, and figure out, does it make sense or not, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a huge um, huge boost to the bottom line. Um, you know, some businesses, are it's harder to raise prices than others. Yeah. So sometimes you can just raise your price and uh, 4% and then just yeah. offer them the cash discount that way. Um, it, 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 is a, it is a little tough, but at the end of the day, we, you know, we tell them to at least try it, give it a try, see what happens. If once in a while you need, you need to, you know, give 4% back to a customer to keep them happy, it's fine. Yeah. What we're seeing is we're really shocked by the adoption rate on it. There's businesses that come to us all the time, like, you know what, put me on the program, I don't care. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't know if your business type's the best for this. And, um, you know, it, it ends up working out. I mean, I, we very, very rarely see merchants switch back to traditional uh, pricing models. Right. I mean, once in a while, but very, very rare. And we're seeing it work in doctor's offices, um, obviously QSRs and stuff like that. We're seeing it you know, retail stores, I mean, you name it, we've, we've pretty much done automotive is big too. So we're seeing it a lot. Right. And there's a lot of franchises out there and pretty much all those spaces you just mentioned, maybe minus the, the actually probably the doctor's offices as well, mm-hmm. but you know, food industry, retail, um, franchisees that have businesses all over. And like I, the biggest thing for me is if it's one location, it's not a ton of money, but like these multi-unit yeah, guys, there's companies that have, mm-hmm. 50 and 100 franchise locations with one brand. Right. And that's where the volume just really adds up. So, you know, I don't know whether I agree with Pass the Fee. I think it depends mm-hmm. on the model right. and the business. But I know one thing I think cost plus, or what's it called? Interchange plus. Interchange plus. Mm-hmm. I think that makes the most sense. And I think, you know, and this is just my perspective from the outside looking in, but I can't believe there are business owners or franchisees that don't have at least that. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, you definitely want to take a look at your statements, you know, and, and pretty pretty often, at least annually, and take a look at the different fees. I mean, it's not just the, the discount rate. A lot of times it's your transaction fees, your authorization fees, mm-hmm. your batch fees. I mean, there's all these different little things that add up. Some of it doesn't need to be charged, and it is charged. I was actually just going to ask you, like, yeah. what are the red flags? Like, if anyone opens up their credit card statement, like, and I'm guilty of it, like, when you're running businesses, it's like the last date on your mind. Right. You're worried about your staff. You're worried about your top line revenue, controlling your inventory, your marketing. And it's like, do you really have time to look at your credit card statements and dissect it? And that's why it's either important to have a partner that you trust Absolutely. in the credit card process and industry or, you know, a CPA or bookkeeper that is like really dissecting that stuff because it's just, you know, it. It's like my, my good friend says, money saved is money earned. Of course. And that money that's saved goes right to your bottom line and it's not going out the door to other people. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, little things to see is a lot of junk fees that are charged monthly. So, um, you know, typically you want to be paying, 
you know, around eight to ten dollars a month on a statement fee or account on file fee. There's a lot of extra. And that's what the processor's charging. Yeah, typically the processor's charging that. So um, like an average number is like eight or ten dollars a month. Yeah, that's normal. Um, we'll see it higher than that, and then you know we bring bring that down. That's not a huge one. Um, a lot of merchants aren't PCI compliant. We see that all the time. Yeah, and I think we're seeing less of that in the franchise world because they're so strict on it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was a big issue years ago, and I think some brands are still get in there they're not completely up to date and then when you're when you're in the franchise world from the franchisor's perspective they have to some at times they have to upgrade their pos system and then absolutely it's like this huge process it's a huge process yeah so when you get a new account there's a there's about a 60 to 90 day grace period in order to take a pci questionnaire and then you get a certificate that you hand into the processor and then you're not billed that pci fee so first of all what is pci compliant because (laughs) This is probably the the one phrase that people talk about all the time, but what does it actually mean? It's really, it's the payment card industry. It's it's basically an entity that controls the the, the storage and data for security reasons for credit card numbers because of all the theft and all this stuff like that. So it's very important that, you know, if you're storing credit cards, you're transacting credit cards, you need to make sure that it's encrypted, it's tokenized, no one's able to kind of hack your system. Mm -hmm. So they ask you a series of questions. To, to so make the, sure the, the process of become a PCI compliant is pretty much passing a survey. Pretty much, right? yeah. For, I mean, to, to, to pay the minimum on PCI fees to the processor, you have to take a questionnaire. They're going to ask you a lot of questions. You know, are you storing full card card data? All these basic questions. Um, that's to get that done. Then there's a PCI. There's different levels of PCI. So depending on you know the location. Yep. Now for restaurants, you know, in my opinion, and you go to a restaurant, you give them your credit card, they walk, you know, they go swipe it. That's not that PCI compliant to me. You know, back in the call center space, you know, for PCI compliance, you can't have a pen on the desk. You know, they have to enter it and tokenize into a portal. So it's very strict. Yeah. But, you know, when you deal with a checkbook at a restaurant, you know, they have a they have a pen. They have all this stuff. So yeah. what we're seeing now is a trend where it's pay at the table. So you'll, you'll yeah. yeah, the waiters you know, and waitresses. A lot of the FSR brands yeah. are, are moving towards that now. And then even QSR models, they have the chip readers that face the customer. Yep. So the actual cashier is never even touching your credit card at times. Which is great. That Yeah, making sure you're EMV compliant is another huge one. I mean, you know, that you're not swiping because for liability reasons on chargebacks and disputes, you know, you're definitely going to win those in more cases when there's a chip present. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's actually a, a mandate you're supposed to be PC, uh, EMV compli- or chip compliant right now. Right. Um, the gas stations were the last ones to adopt it, but they are now. Um so, yeah, I mean, the, the the pay at the table thing is, is really big. Also, the kiosk, the self-checkout kiosk, a lot of franchises are moving in that direction. We offer those as well. Um, it's very popular in Europe. When I was in Europe yeah, for my honeymoon, yeah. they, I saw it everywhere. You know, everywhere I went, I had to place my own order, pick it up, use my own card. Uh, so we're seeing a bigger adoption in that as well in the franchise space. It also limits their labor costs. Of course. So it helps a lot that way. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of the bigger franchise brands are, are slowly getting the kiosk model going in. Yep. But even if you look at... Like, like a Wawa, which is mm-hmm. corporately run. Right. Um, but even with the kiosk model, it's saving labor, but then they still check out at the register with the person. Right. But there are a lot of kiosk models that you can pay right in it, which, you know, I think it's obviously the entire future. You know, when I had opened up my uh, cheesesteak restaurant in Tuscaloosa, my original vision was actually to have a host and then employees to do food, mm-hmm. not to have people ch- like literally the host just checks on everyone. Maybe if there's an older person or a really young person helps them with the kiosk, but it's just, it's difficult. You know, it's expensive. 
um, to do a lot of kiosks. Yeah, the upfront cost can be very, very yeah, expensive. Yeah, there are a lot of programs that are leasing it or financing it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, obviously as a big franchise brand, it's a huge step to take, mm-hmm. you know, for franchisors to go from, you know, um, just the traditional method to putting kiosks in all locations. And that's why you're seeing a lot of them, like a McDonald's, they're slowly implementing it and having a little bit of both and getting a feel for it. And, right. You know, you, you'll see that the technology is obviously just just huge. So yeah, that's definitely towards the like you were asking earlier. What's kind of the uh, the direction the industry is going? I definitely pay at the table. The the self ordering kiosks, those are all things that are huge. And when you talk about PCI compliance, there's nothing more PCI compliant than a customer just using their card right then and there. You know, themselves are running the transaction instead of having it handed over to somebody. Mm-hmm. So um, that it also saves a lot in, in that aspect. What about like the chip reader? Mm-hmm. You know, is there a different rates on a chip card versus just swiping it? So there's not a different cost on interchange. Um, it, it, the biggest thing with interchange is card present or not card present, mm-hmm. card not present. Um, so if the card's present, it's cheaper because there's less risk to the bank. Right. Um, the card's not present, it's keyed in, then it, then it is uh, more expensive. So, you know, if you're a restaurant owner and you're taking a lot of, you know, over the phone orders, your interchange cost is going to be a little higher. It's very incremental. It's not a, a huge difference. Um, so, but it, but there is a difference in cost for sure. What is you know? One of my questions is: Is there any horror stories or anything that has happened that you've seen <laughs> that it's like people were literally just throwing money in the trash? Or yeah, we 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 see that a lot. I mean, we'll see people that are paying tiered rates that are super high for their industry, like a retail industry. I mean, your credit card bill on average, you know, the, it, let's just say your average ticket is is not too low. It's you know whatever between twenty to fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. You're going to see around a two percent you know, bill 2.3, maybe a little less than 2%. Yeah. You know, we see merchants that are on retail, they're paying, you know, up to like three, four, five, 6%. It's crazy. Is that just like a lack of integrity on the processor or is it just like, it's a business? It could be, it could be like, what's your opinion on it? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, that's outdated pricing is a big one. You know, maybe at one point they're bundled, they were accepting cards, a certain type of card. So they were on a bundled rate. Now they're no longer on that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the biggest thing was uh, equipment leasing back in the day. So we've seen people that were paying, you know, $200, $250 a month for just a desktop terminal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that that now there's, you know, very strict lease caps. So we can't even we, we can't even do that if we wanted to. And not that we would anyway. But, right. you know, so we see merchants that were paying um, crazy high leases. And at, at one point, like I said earlier, when, without representation, there was people that just jumped in the industry, didn't really know what they were doing. Yep. They, they didn't really look long term from the residual aspect of their profit. They were looking at a short term. Hey, I get paid up front by the leasing company. I make my money there. If That's they process, great. If not, I don't care. So short sighted. Yeah, short sighted. So yeah. us, you know, we're we're here, we're in this for the long haul. You know, our, our my, my my one partner's been in it for twenty years. I, I've been in the payment space for about eight years. Mm-hmm. So you know, we're not going anywhere. We're long term, and and we want to make sure our, our merchants on the, the cheapest pricing possible, and um, just educating them. Transparency, support. These are the things that are important to us. Yeah, and I think you know. I like that you said that because, you know, and that's what my brother and I's experience been with you guys because, like I said, I've had, and I've told you this, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've had the worst experience yeah. with some people. I mean, I had a rep who, you know, made all these promises to me and then I ended up s- selling my business and I kept the entity and the bank account open right. because I was paying off things, obligations through the business that even though 
the business was was uh, you know was done was that it was sold. Right. I still had to pay existing obligations and taxes and different things out of the business. So foolish on my end, I guess, because I kept the business account open. Mm-hmm. She kept charging me every single month when I specifically sent her a, a form to close the account. And then she kept debiting every single month, hundreds of dollars. And I guess it was fees for it not being active or hurting a certain amount of value. Yeah, so back to the little hidden things. And there's so many little things. So there's a lot of times there's monthly minimums. Mm-hmm. So if you're not processing, you know, the, the processor is going to say, well, we're putting a you know, $150 monthly minimum on this account. So if the processing rate doesn't meet or exceed $150, you are paying that yeah. $150 no matter what. So, you know, monthly minimums is a big one. Um, so you definitely got to keep out, keep a lookout for that. Right. Um, ETFs as well. So if you close an account for whatever reason, there's an early termination fee that they'll charge you. Oh, I uh, didn't know that. Yeah. So you want to you want to be very on top of that when you get your merchant application originally. Yep. Check to see if there's an early termination fee. Um, you know, you don't want one. The standard credit card agreement is three years. So um, after three years, you don't have to worry about that. But if you need to close an account because you sold the business or something, you're switching into the new owner. Yeah. You know, you want to be on top of those types of things and the little fees. So monthly minimums could have been that. Uh, could have been your PCI fees because maybe you weren't PCI questionnaire compliant. You need to do the certificate. Um, yeah. So it's probably like a number of things because it, it was, could be a couple different things. Hundreds and hundreds yeah. of dollars, and you know, and then the worst part was that she she promised she would reimburse it, and it never got reimbursed. And, you know, it's one of those things as a business owner, mm-hmm. are you going to chase someone down over? You have so many you things, got on things going on. Yep. You trust that people are relationship oriented. And that's what we found with you guys because, you know, I know you guys are the type of people that if there is a miscommunication over a couple hundred dollars, you're not risking or jeopardizing the length of your relationship over it, which some people just don't get. Right. And this is for any industry or anything is... We're always, you know, me personally, it's, it's all about relationships. Absolutely. I mean, it's not about how much can I make or you make off of me today. It's how can we all make money in the long run. And that's what I like about working with you guys because at the end of the day, it's just, it's about having a long-term relationship where everyone wins. And I think that's what business is all about. Yeah. I mean, you said it best. I mean, relationships, I mean, that was one of the things when I first got in, even into my, you know, the lead generation industry is that, mm-hmm. you know, when you sell leads... You never know what's going to happen because at the end of the day, you don't know who sold it or whatever happened. So relationships are the key. So, yeah. you know, hey, if something happens, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to do everything in my power to make it right. So that's that's the mentality we have. And like I said earlier, like I, I feel like, you know, if these business owners are down or there's an issue, they can't accept payment. Like I feel it as if it's my business. Absolutely. You know, and I know that every merchant, you know, whether they're a small merchant and I'm not going to make $10 a month, I'll still take it because they might refer me to another person. Or, and it all adds up at the end of the day, but referrals are key in our business. So, you know, all the time we get, you know, merchants say, you got to use my guy, you got to use my guy. And um, that's because of the relationship, you know, we, we, we make sure we, we build rapport with our merchants and, and, you know, they trust us. For sure. Well, look, man, I really appreciate you taking the time on here today. Thank you, man. Um, I think this is something, again, that just people don't truly understand. And it was me at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've been in those shoes and I, you know, I just want people to understand what it truly is. And I think we, did, you know, did a good job of kind of articulating that and what I they hope should so. <laughs> look at, what they, what, what the average franchisee or business owner really should kind of look out for. So, you know, I'm hoping that they got some value from this and, um, you know, if, if they need an audit, Again, what's your email address? Yeah, so you can email me at josh at elevatedpayments.io. Um, you know, we can set up a call. Not only is it just, a, you know, doing the statement analysis and seeing how much money we can save you on a monthly basis, 
But in addition to that, you know, maybe upgrading your POS, giving you a more streamlined solution. We we now have systems that will integrate with all the different delivery services so you don't have to have like 20 different iPads open for all your orders. There's a lot of other value-added services that we offer besides just credit card processing that your current, you know, provider or whoever you're dealing with, you might just not know about. So, um, you know, we really look at every business and try to maximize ROI, limit, you know, high cost exposure. So that's what we want to uh, accomplish with the merchants. So what's the one thing before we get off here, even if they don't reach out to you, Mm -hmm. what's the one thing that they should do immediately? Because what we've learned is people love to to learn and educate, consume content, but it's like then they're not taking action with it. So what's the like, what's the first thing they should do after listening to this today or tomorrow to to look at their to yeah the first thing i mean obviously pull your merchant statement kind of do some basic math and see what your overall effective rate is see what you're paying um you know contacting your current provider if you have to and and, and you know asking for a reduction of a rate you know it, there's there's a lot of different things you can do making sure you're pci compliant mm-hmm. um you know making sure you're not paying very high for authorizations or transactions it's just really taking a look at your merchant statement and making sure uh, you know, and also try to find the application that you that you originally signed, if possible, and see what type of pricing structure you're on. Because you can call your current provider and say, "Hey, listen, you know, I'm on this outdated pricing, or am I on the most recent pricing?" Mm-hmm. So really, just kind of digging into it. And there's a ton of very valuable information online for for merchants. There's tons of YouTube videos and stuff like that. Credit card processing have been around for so long that yep. you know you can really become a, a student of of the of the business because it is a huge part of your business, even though. You know, it's not maybe your main focus, but understanding it as much as possible is really important and will help your overall business succeed. Perfect. Appreciate appreciate the time today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Matt.